the electromagnetic field of the heart is very strong, mm. uh, even stronger than the brain. And that's where our learned emotions are being stored. And when mm. this electromagnetic field is very strong, that's when sometimes you can feel the emotions of other people around us. Mm. Or when you enter a room, you can feel mm. the mood of the room. So how do we feel the mood of the room? Is it our brain processing that? Unlikely, right? Because the brain is a very rational, a very logical organ. Mm. Uh, of course, there's the emotional part. There's the limbic part of the brain that processes emotions. But yep. where does it originate from? It actually comes from the heart because there are sensory right. neurites in the heart that functions very much like the neurons of the brain. So it sends messages to the limbic part of the brain and that's where the brain interprets and start labeling the emotions like sad, happy, anxious, so on and so forth. Hi there and welcome to Shifter Chubra. I'm your host Chubra Venetti. I'm a certified sleep consultant and I'm also the host of Shifter Chubra here on this platform. And on Shift to Chubra, we have conversations with different experts from different aspects of the health and wellness field on conversations that nourish our mind, body, and soul, and on topics about what nourishes our mind, body, and soul. And today's conversation is with Karen, who is a heart intelligence coach. Now, I'm sure you're wondering what exactly is a heart intelligence coach. Well, Karen's going to tell us all about it on today's episode. Uh, But a little bit about Karen is that she is a working mother of four. She recently gave birth to her fourth child, and she was balancing her needs of family, work, and passion. She spent more than 15 years in the public health care services and social services sectors in Singapore, directing, building, and improving care systems and processes for the community. She's also spent a lot of time volunteering for the less advantaged locally and overseas. And it's always been a big mission for her to help people and help other people's lives. But she was also having challenges when it came to priorities that were starting to shift for her when she became a mother after getting married and having children, managing her time with children, as well as wanting to still give back and help other people. It was causing a lot of friction for her. And she embarked on a journey where she learned a lot of tools in this sort of work of health and wellness, let's say. And she's come up with a coaching program, which it is called Heart Intelligence. And her primary aim is that she wants you to start living a life that really matters to you. And if you are interested in living a life that's really mattering to you, she's a person that you can definitely get in touch with because Karen is all about understanding what exactly, or helping you to find what exactly is the things that you want and desire to have the best ultimate life and version of yourself? What is the path that you need to chart out to get that? And then how does this work in a corporate or even like a group setting when you have to work with other people? So I won't go into too much detail right now because Karen's going to share all about that, but we're starting to delve into topics of law of attraction on this particular episode. So I'd stick around if you're really, really interested in that and pick up some of the tools that she's going to share on how you can start incorporating some of 
this little bits of law of attraction into your life. And I'll give you a hint. It's all to do with your heart and it's all to do with how you feel. And emotions play a big, big key here. So stick around, enjoy this conversation. I hope you do. And if you like it, please share it with someone who you think would benefit from this conversation. Subscribe to our channel, like the episode, like our channel, like our page and spread the word. We really appreciate it. And I hope you enjoyed today's episode. And thank you so much for tuning in. Welcome, Karen, to Shifted Shiva. Thank you so much for joining us today. And I think just for our listeners and viewers, I've introduced you as a heart intelligence coach. And I think many of them are probably going, what exactly is a heart intelligence coach? So could you elaborate a little bit about what that is? Okay. So as a heart intelligence coach, I basically enable and facilitate people to tap on the intelligence of their heart, the wisdom of their heart, as well as the intuition that comes from the heart. Using that to help them or enable them to be a better version of themselves by having more clarity, more courage in pursuing what they want, as well as compassion for themselves. So these are the three areas which I encourage people to look into for themselves. Courage, clarity and compassion. Okay. And so by looking into their courage, their clarity, and their compassion, did I get the right three? Is that correct? Yeah. So if they look into what is the benefit of looking into the, their heart clarity or their, their courage or their compassion? Okay. So I started off with heart intelligence because I see many people struggling day to day, not knowing where they are heading not knowing what exactly are their priorities in life. And hence, they spend day after day just going through routines Mm. and getting very dreary of their life. Mm. So by tapping on the courageous side, the clear side and the compassion side of themselves, it helps to enable them to be clearer with where they are heading to to have the courage to take up what they have vision for themselves. And most importantly is to love themselves. Mm. Yeah. Okay. Why is that the most important? Why is it important for the love of themselves? I see that truly important because if you don't love yourself, your emphasis is always being put outwards. Mm. And you may not spend enough time to look inwardly towards ourselves Mm. and without looking inwardly that's when we tend to not be able to recognize some of our tendencies why we behave in a certain way why we react in a certain way and that brings about a lot of repercussions like anxiety bad temper of course this is on the emotional side whereas on a deeper level that's when you start to feel lost Mm. The feel that you're unsure of where you're heading, what you're doing day by day, what is important in life. Yeah. Mm. And maybe let's start with, because I've got so many other questions, but then how did you get into this? It's a very unique field. And I feel like it's an up and coming field in especially the health and wellness sector is that people are starting to, especially if you're in that sort of sector, you kind of 
maybe the little bit more esoteric sector of yeah. health and wellness <laughs> that you kind of understand that the heart plays a huge role. But yes. since obviously you're the expert on it, I'm not going to necessarily go into that just yet. I would like to ask you about it, but maybe can you just tell us how you came to this? Actually, since young, I've really been interested in the heart, maybe in a physical sense, when I studied the heart as a physical organ. But when I started journeying on my NLP path, neuro-linguistic programming, that was where I learned about the energetic power of the heart. Right. Yeah. So we understand ourselves as, besides our body, we have our mind, which is our thought processes that is generated in our brain. We hardly take notice that our emotions play a very huge part in influencing and affecting people around us. Uh, but how mm. does this emotional energy affect people and where does it come from? Mm. Is it from the brain? Is it from the heart? So through the NLP journey, that's where I learned that the electromagnetic field of the heart is very strong, mm. even stronger than the brain. And that's where our learned emotions are being stored. And when mm. this electromagnetic field is very strong, that's when sometimes you can feel the emotions of other people around us. Mm. Or when you enter a room, you can feel mm. the mood of the room. So how do we feel the mood of the room? Is it our brain processing that? Unlikely, right? Because the brain is a very rational, a very logical organ. Of course, there's the emotional part. There's the limbic part of the brain that processes emotions. But yep. where does it originate from? It actually comes from the heart because there are sensory right. neurites in the heart that functions very much like the neurons of the brain. So it sends messages to the limbic part of the brain. And that's where the brain interprets and start labeling the emotions like sad, happy, anxious, so on and so forth. Mm. Yeah? But the feeling part comes from the heart. Right. Now that's where it originates. So that's a very important element, very important energy that we have in us. Because by knowing how to tap into this energy, that's where we start to learn where the power within us lies in. Mm. Uh, because a lot of our reactions in life, they are triggered by emotions. Yeah. Yeah, why do we feel motivated? Why? Because we suddenly feel this rush of energy in us. We feel excited. So that's why we feel motivated. So a lot of our reactions in life comes from emotions. Mm. before the logic part kicks in. True. I think that's where most people don't notice that. Your emotions get triggered first. Yes. Actually, if you're emotionless with something, your brain don't even bother to analyze it. Mm. Only when the emotions are triggered, then that's where the brain starts processing it. And that's where the logic and the rationale starts kicking in. Yeah. Right. And, and that's a very important point. I think most people don't necessarily think about a lot is that emotion precedes logic or precedes yeah. sort of like analysis of your brain. So, you know, the moment that a person falls in love with someone, they're attracted by first emotion, like the feeling yeah. first enters before, like visually you're taking in information, but a feeling is generated and therefore then the attraction is even more solid. But if it was just an attractive person, but you have no emotional connect to the person it's like a, like a piece of art right yeah. it just becomes like oh that's really nice yeah that's right that's right i can be <laughs> passing by but it has nothing further than like an energetic 
pull or vibe to it, then you're not sucked into it. I mean, I think that's kind of why, you know, things like K-pop fandom works so well because yeah. it's so much energy exchange yeah. going into it, right? Not just K-pop fandom, but just, just generally. The heart really, you're right, like it's, it to- totally is the first organ to make those connections. And so in terms of the intelligence coaching that you do, taking from the fact that you know the heart being I love how you explain it because I think that's so important to know that there's just as much neurological input in the heart because I won't know the right words to say because you said the right words but there's enough neurological input in the heart that it receives information and then sends the information to the brain to process the emotion so the heart is the first thing to take in which is why when people say oh I walk into a room and I sensed a vibe the vibe is actually felt on the heart level first because you can walk in and you're just seeing people talking to each other, but not necessarily taking in any, like there's no words coming in that you can really judge anything on. It's just like, you just walk in, you're like, hmm, interesting. Yeah, exactly. Like, do I vibe with this vibe or do I not? And that's really your heart picking up the energies and saying, do I synchronize with this energy or do I yes. not? Yeah. And so I have, I have so many questions. I think one of my questions is like, Okay, I'll, I'll pin it for later, but it's along the lines of like, when do you know it's supposed to be a learning? And then when do you know it's supposed to be get the hell out of there kind of question? Because in part of your processes that you offer, you have something called heart clarity and then heart visioning and heart leadership. Can you break down what those services are first? Okay, heart clarity is very much about self-mastery, emotional okay. self-mastery, because that's the fundamental if we don't understand ourselves, how do we aim to understand others? Yeah. Yeah. So by mastering ourselves well and being aware of how we react to our emotions, that's where we achieve clarity, not only of ourselves, also of others around us. With clarity, that's where courage comes up as well. Because when we are very clear about what we want, Naturally, the courage comes out that you want to work on something on yourself. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And of course, like what I mentioned earlier, the compassion towards ourselves as well. With that clarity, we know why we react in a certain way, how we should react. And that's where compassion arises. Mm. Yeah. Not only towards ourselves, towards others as well. Yeah. So this heart clarity is very much about mastering ourselves, our emotions, understanding how we react, understanding ourselves on a deeper level. And that's where healing and transformation starts. Yeah. Without understanding ourselves well, we are just basically going in circles when it comes to healing, always coming back to square one. But when we are absolutely clear about why we have certain tendencies and why we react in a certain way, where it originates from, how it came about, does it originate from somewhere during our childhood or during some past experiences that left a scar in us, when we are clear about that, that's when we start to heal. And that's when we start to transform. Yeah, without clarity, it's hard to heal ourselves. Mm. Yeah. So heart clarity is knowing all this yeah, and be in control. Maybe not the re- really the word in control, but being much more aware, sharper in our senses in our senses, our emotions, yeah, how we process them. Mm. That's heart clarity. Mm. Yeah. 
And after, while healing and transforming ourselves, I mean, part of the challenges that we have in life sometimes is not knowing where we are heading to. What is the value that we have upon others? What are we trying to achieve in our life? So that's where heart visioning comes in. Mm. Yeah, so with clarity, we know what is important to us. We know what we like and what we don't like, what triggers us, what doesn't trigger us. And that's where we may want to start to plan out our life path, things that used to bother us. We want to cast them aside, chart out a path that we look forward to in life, life more significantly, with more clarity. So that's where heart visioning comes in. Yeah, It's like a plan and a vision that we want to achieve in life. It can be Mm. anything. It can be pertaining to family, pertaining to career, or even just for ourselves. Yeah. Mm. So we vision and vision where we want to head towards. Mm. And that's where, with clarity, my role is to guide and to facilitate the direction towards the vision okay. that you have. Mm. Okay? And then lastly would be hard leadership. Hard leadership is where it's no longer just about ourselves. It's about others as well. So how mm. do we want to lead others to also mm-hmm. have that same clarity, to also have that vision? Apart from that, if you are having a role in, a, in the corporate world, how do you lead with a heart? Yeah, Heart-led very hard. How do you lead with a heart? So my services basically span around these three aspects. So then let's talk about like where the limitations may come up. Not limitations, that's the wrong word. But like... Then in your opinion, when you're working with clients, right, and people come up, now we're going to get into like sort of not existential, but like emotional talk a little bit, right? If clients come up with this sort of notion that, oh, I'm doing this and I have no choice and I think there's a lesson here, so I must overcome this lesson. So therefore, I must keep doing this thing until something else shows up in my life to then tell me that this is no longer valid. Because from what I'm hearing with the heart, you know, clarity, visioning and leadership is that we're starting, we're starting to talk on some notions of law of attraction, yeah. right? Like once you start to get very clear about who you are and what your true needs are, what your true wants are, desires, you know, what are things that are no longer serving you? What are things that are just reactions because of past impressions from childhood or past memories that are affecting you to really lead a very authentic life where it's really about you and not being a a reactor to your environment right that you're becoming a proactive person in your life and not just reacting am I getting this right am I am I I understand understand where you're coming from And so, yeah, if people are feeling like, oh, well, I'm taking decisions, I'm going to work, I'm doing the job, I've got all these responsibilities, and apparently I should just do this until a better job walks my way. Is that like, is that just waiting for the cards to fall? Or is that like, how do we know that you're visioning and and trying to attract it? Or is it a lesson that you're still supposed to learn until things start to fall? I don't know if that's clear enough of the question. I think I kind of understand what you are referring to. There is no judgment of why there are certain reactions, there are certain emotions. It's very much a questioning process for the client or for the coachee. Is the emotion worthwhile? Uh, What do you get to gain or what do you get to lose 
if you let go of that emotion. So it's the process of questioning itself is to sharpen the awareness of the client and the coachee. And when the awareness is sharp, that is the start of the learning journey of themselves. Because without awareness, everything seems fine. Everything should remain status quo. I don't see an issue with reacting that way. But when the awareness is there, you start to understand the impact of that emotion, the impact of that reaction on ourselves and on others. Yeah? Are we putting pain on ourselves by having that emotion, by having that reaction? Is that pain worthwhile to hold on? And if we let go of the pain, what happens? Mm. So through this questioning, the interesting part is clients may possibly start to investigate why that emotion, why that reaction came about. Is it just simply a reaction to a circumstance, a situation? Or is it deeply rooted in something that is way back during the younger days, during childhood? And when this root is being traced back, that's when the client, the coachee starts to be aware, starts to understand mm. Why day in and day out, he or she is often triggered by this particular person or by this particular behavior. And by understanding that, that's when the client can decide whether to put down or not. The decision still lies on the client. Mm. Yeah? This is his or her life. Yeah. Yeah. By deciding whether to, put, uh, to, put, to let it go or to continue with it, he or she will realize whether is it worthwhile, whatever the decision is being made to let go or not. Mm. Yeah, whether it's worthy or not, the decision lies with the client. Yeah, but more importantly, the awareness is being sharpened day in and day out to know why it happens. Mm. Yeah, to trace it back to some source. So it's by mm. knowing where the source is, where the origination is, there is some kind of a liberation. Mm. Yeah. You know, some people goes to read their past lives. Yeah. And by knowing what happened in the past, there's somewhat a liberation of why certain things happen in their life, in this life. Yeah. So similarly, if we are able to trace it back to where this behavior originated, this emotion originated, there's some sort of a liberation as well. Mm. With that liberation also comes clarity. Mm. Yeah. Because... You start to see things more clearly. Why it happened. When clarity comes up, that's when the decision of whether to let go of or not is also clearer. Mm. Yeah. It's a process. It's really a process. Some people understand it very quickly. Yeah. Can let go of it very quickly. But some people takes, can take years, months mm. or years in order to really let it go. Mm. Yeah. Because letting go, there are also implications as well. Yeah. Right. And every individual is different, is unique. Mm. Their journey is very unique. Yeah. So to know whether they have achieved certain say, targets or objectives that they have set for themselves is very much the client is the one telling me, mm. the coach, whether mm. they have felt liberated or no longer restrained by certain emotions, certain reactions. Yeah. Right. So, yes. So the client lets me know. 
Yeah, I mean, yes, the client is always in control of it. Yeah, for sure. And everyone, I guess, has that own journey of like when they choose to really be like, okay, this no longer serves me or like, oh, I get it now. Like actually this was the source of that always coming and therefore it's no longer worth the investment of giving it time and energy anymore. So in terms of just some of the tools that you're using, because as I looked at the services, for example, there's some things like Enneagram profiling Mm -hmm. and quantum energy healing and heart coherence. Like, could you expand a little bit about what are these sort of methodologies? Sure. So I, because I mentioned earlier that every individual is unique. So for different individuals, I actually curate differently. So some people will understand, may want to understand themselves better. So that's Mm -hmm. where I can do a Enneagram profiling uh, for them to understand where their tendencies of their personality are, look more clearly at why they tend to behave in a certain way, why even the people around them, how do they react? Mm-hmm. How do they tend to react to the people around them? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so Enneagram profiling is very much like a personality profiling. Well, there are a lot of tools out there that there is DISC, there's MBTI, so on and so forth. I find that Enneagram allows me to understand myself much, much better. Yeah, so I, I will use the same tool for my clients as well. There are basically nine types that we can categorize the profile into. So by understanding where their tendencies are, that's when we start the work of their healing and their transformation. Yeah, so that's possibly the first step. For some people, they may be very consumed by emotions, very strong Mm. emotions, which they cannot release themselves from. So that's where quantum healing can possibly do the kickstart instead of anagram profiling. Okay, If a person is so consumed by emotions, sometimes understanding their own character or their personality does nothing at all because they're so absorbed into that very strong emotions. Uh, they, are, they, aren't, they are not balanced within themselves to be able to look further and to look deeper. Uh, mm. So quantum healing, I can do things like Reiki, mm. helps to balance the energy centers, allow them to feel more balanced first before we start with anything. Mm. Yeah, There are other things that I can work on as well, like inner child healing and shadow work. So inner child healing basically brings the person back to the childhood to look at what really bothers the person and the events that happened during childhood possibly molded this person into a certain way. So inner Mm. child healing is bringing the person back to look at what wounds were being built on when they were young. Mm. Right. Shadow work is basically looking at the darker side of ourselves. We have two sides. We have the dark side. We have the light side. Mm. All this makes up us, what we are today. Yeah. Mm. So looking, being able to open up the dark side of ourselves and look at them, be upfront about them, is part of a healing process as well. Yeah. Mm. So basically these four areas is where I work on. Ultimately is to help them achieve not only clarity and also to work on their heart coherence as well, which is really the core of my work. Yes. Yeah. Let's talk about that. Tell right. me a little bit more about heart coherence in that okay, sense so then. Heart coherence is where we 
physically, heart coherence is where our heart rhythm is consistent. It's different okay. from heart rate. We okay. do measure heart rate, right? Using our smartwatches when we run or when we are at rest, we measure our heart rate. A heart rate is very different from heart rhythm. Okay. Heart rhythm is the variability of our heartbeat. Okay. So we, there is a measurement for it. It's called HRV, heart rate variability. That's mm -hmm. where the variability between the beats is being measured. So mm. if the variability is consistent, that's where we call it, actually name it heart coherence. Okay, when right. the variability is consistent. Okay. If the variability is very varied, that's where we say our heart is incoherent. Mm. Yeah? So when our heart is coherent, that's where we will feel more at peace. Mm -hmm. We'll feel more calm. Mm -hmm. We feel more grounded. Mm -hmm. And with that, the emotions, we won't get consumed by our emotions. Or our reactions wouldn't be so strong, wouldn't be so abrupt. Yeah. Right. We'll feel more balanced mm. as a whole. Right. Yeah, so that's what heart coherence means. And when mm. our heart is coherent, that's where our electromagnetic field is the strongest. Right. Yeah. When we are incoherent, our electromagnetic field, it varies as well. The strength of it varies. It's mm. very weak. It can be very strong. It's just inconsistent. Right. And when it's very weak, we start to draw the field from other places. Mm. From others. Or right. even consuming our own energy. So that's why yeah. after a very strong emotion, we tend to feel very drained, mm. very tired. After a quarrel, we feel very tired. Mm. Because we are absorbing, we are getting the energy that the heart produces, the electromagnetic field, we're actually absorbing it and it, in turn, it becomes weaker. The field around mm. us becomes weaker. Right. Yeah, so that's why we feel uh, so tired after a quarrel or after an mm. argument. Mm. You just have no mood to do anything. Yeah. But when your feel is very strong, that's where we get positive emotions like gratitude, like love, like compassion for others, motivation, mm. all the positive energy starts coming in. So we talk mm. about law of attraction, right? Law of yes. attraction is very much about energy around us. If mm. our feel is strong, if our feel is positive, Positive things starts to be attracted to us as well. We generate mm. our own positivity. Mm. Right? So that's how the law of attraction works. Positivity yeah. attracts positivity. So abundance comes. When you feel gratitude, you see good things happening around us. The people who can help us just come forward to help us. Mm. Yeah, so yeah. The, the feel that we generate around us is so important. A lot of people, I think perhaps wonder if like oh my life is going so blah and I have all these problems blah and blah and all these blah 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 I'm waiting for the one good thing to show up to then answer and tell me oh actually this is the positive breakthrough or this is like the way it goes or like you know like this is the answer to all my problems or this is going to take me away from my problems or solve my problems or whatever or like if this one good thing happens then I believe in the law of attraction but it's very much like it's counterintuitive because it's like I will do nothing mm. <laughs> about my own emotions about my own mentality I am going to be the subject of my environment I'm going to be 
like blame or play the victim card and say that, oh, I don't do anything. I'm at the mercy of all my circumstances. And only if something drops into my lap, then it is the reason why I will now think about oh law of attraction. But I'm guessing in those circumstances, it's much harder for people to then feel that law of attraction is working yeah. for them. Yeah. For people like that, you know, who, who feel like everything is like, oh, I'm at the mercy of my environment. I have no choice. I have all these responsibilities. I have to do all of this stuff, even though it's not what I want to do and I'm not getting paid the right while or whatever it is. What small steps do you think they can already start to do? Or maybe we can also explain, I guess, that it is, it's a step-by-step process. We have to open up small, small things yeah. first before the big things can arrive. Yeah. Not just like, oh, you win the raff, you know, the, you win the lottery one day or 4D one day. But what are the small steps that people can do to start to open those things? And how should people really expect this path to really open up? If that makes sense. Does that make sense? Yes. Yeah. Mm. It's pretty common for people to feel victimized and to expect that something good lands on their lap and they'll start believing in it. Mm. It's very common. Mm. Sometimes I do that as well. Yeah. Yeah. What I would do is to encourage the client to take baby steps. Firstly, by sharing with them that we create our own reality. Mm. Really, we create our own reality. How we see things, how things happen to us, we create them. Mm. So, in that sense, we are pretty much in control. Yeah? I mean, people like control, right? So, Mm. first and foremost, is tell them that we are in control. In order to kickstart good things to happen, I will encourage them to visualize. Okay. If you are gunning for a promotion... Visualize that you have already gotten that promotion. Mm. How will you feel about it? What are the emotions that will come up? How will you react to it? Just visualize every day. Mm. Maybe first thing in the morning or just before going to sleep. Visualize getting that promotion. Feel the emotions that come in. And feel that they are part of you. You already have them. You have already gotten that promotion. The promotion is yours. It Mm. won't run away. It's yours. So visualize that every day. And that's Mm. where the positive energy starts to build up. Be it gratitude, be it motivation. So this positive energy, when we are able to carry that energy day in and day out, the energy of gratitude, the energy of motivation day in and day out, yeah, things start to happen. Mm. Start to happen around us. People start mm. to notice the changes that we have. Mm. And maybe in terms of the work, the quality of the work changes as well. So it mm. may not happen overnight. I mm. think most importantly is to recognize the importance of patience. Mm. Yeah, okay. to have patience. To know mm. that it will happen. It will ultimately happen. Mm-hmm. But be patient about it. It may take mm. a couple of months. It may take half a year. It may take a year. But if you do that, day in and day out, the energy within, the positive energy is already created within you. It grows and it will attract the correct things to happen upon you that Mm. will ultimately bring about the promotion. Mm. Yeah. So most importantly is to know that firstly, we are in control of our reality. 
Secondly, is to be patient. Mm. I think these two aspects are the most challenging for most of us, to be patient yeah. and to know that we are in control. Yeah. Yeah. And visualizing as much and as possible. So like, yeah. for example, let's say two cases, okay, where you can't visualize. One person, person A, is trying to, wants to attract their perfect soulmate, whatever partner that they want to, let's say that they want to like settle down now, they want to have mm-hmm. a relationship, get married, all of that. But they've gone through so many bad relationships. And so they won't be able to visualize the person mm-hmm. because... They may have certain qualities that they like, like, oh, I know he needs to be a little bit taller than me, mm-hmm. or I prefer men who have black hair, or if they have gold hair, whatever. So they can give small, small details, but mm-hmm. they can't give everything, right? Okay. So when they can't, so that's one instance where you can't really visualize the full actuality of it, uh, of, the, of the product, not the product, but like the outcome mm-hmm. that you want, you know, in that sense. The other time where you may not be able to visualize completely, for example, is like you want your dream job, you know the qualities of the dream job, but you have no idea what that is as a job. So let's say you're someone who likes to plan, you like to work with people, you like to problem solve. And you want a certain salary and it needs, you know, it would be great if it was in this kind of company working with these kind of things. But as, as a role or as a, you know, like it's very hard, like you can't find an exact role if you looked up on LinkedIn or let's say jobs.com or whatever it is. You can't find a, a role exactly like this or a company exactly like this, but you have an idea of what you'd like to do. So now mm. in these two instances where you don't have the exact endpoint result but you have all these like little bits of the you know the cake let's mm-hmm. say how would you visualize then mm. okay so maybe that's where my role comes in as well to help you visualize a clearer picture so okay. then the process of understanding what exactly you want mm-hmm. what is the outcome that you want and what is the effect that you want out of it to investigate and to understand all this. Well, there are, so for example, the career one, maybe to a person, I just want to be promoted to a director level. Yeah. But how does a director look like? It's sometimes very hard. How do I look like as a director? It's sometimes very hard. But what do you want to get out of being a director? Do you want okay. to be able to impact others, mm-hmm. to lead others? And how does leading and how does impacting others feel like? Right. How does it feel like to you? Mm. Is it a... Do you feel a rush of energy? Mm. Do you feel a sense of very strong responsibility and accountability? Mm. How does that feel? Do you feel confident? Right. Yeah. So the emotions that are generated are the effect of it of being promoted to a director, that's where we will investigate and understand. And through knowing the emotions that will come about, that's where I lead them into so-called visualizing. Maybe it's not really visualizing per se, but it's to be able to feel the emotions that come up, to feel that it's already part of you, to feel that Mm. it has already happened. Yeah, mm. so it may not be a visual, visual thing, 
but it may be an emotional visualization. Maybe the word yeah. just the word visualization feels like it's, it has to be something very physical. Yes. Yeah, but it could also be about feeling a feeling. Mm. Yeah, feeling the outcome after you have achieved it. How do you feel it? How mm. do you feel? So feel that every day. Feel that right. every single day. Yeah. Right. The things will start naturally happen. Yeah. Right. Okay. Yeah. So that's the feeling part when a person can't exactly visualize. Yeah. Mm. But when it comes to soulmate, of course, there are certain physical attributes that the person may have or may look for. So that is when visualization can be very physical. It means knowing mm. that this person looks like that, has this kind of build, is able to talk to me in a certain way, treat me in a certain way. So that has both the physical and the emotional element. You can visualize mm. the person that you really want to meet. After meeting him or her, how would you feel? And when you start dating, how will you feel? Mm. Uh, so that has both elements. Yeah, so do that every single day. That's where the energy is being built up to attract the kind of person or the kind of thing that you want to happen to in your life. Mm. Yeah. Because I think a lot of people are going to start saying like, oh, that's just like dreaming or daydreaming or wishful thinking. I think there's a fundament. This sounds like there's a fundamental difference though. You can dream and think like, oh, that's so great. And then just leave it there and then <laughs> never really come back yeah. to it. Yeah. Or you could take one. What I'm hearing is that there used to be consistency and discipline with this as well. If you want something to happen is to take just something really small. Let's take the partner, the, the soulmate thing, let's say, is that you visualize generally the characteristics that you're interested in, right? Generally, if there is some specific things, like some people are very into men with short hair. I don't mm. know, right? For example, but like you vaguely have some version of a physical attribute if that's important to you. If not, it's to just visually... Or, or just have this visualization where your feelings are like you imagine sitting with this person and having a conversation and enjoying it. Or you're yeah. going out with this person for dates, for movies, doing things and feeling that emotion and then seeing that person do the things that they need to do that makes you happy or you are doing things for them that makes you happy whatever it is so you just feel those feelings and visualize those scenarios in a very slightly blurred version like you could be very clear in that visualization but the person could be slightly blurred like the mm. face is blurred or something mm. let's say but the body is very clear and then just imagine the scenarios and then imagine the scenarios over and over again with especially the feeling and really like paying attention to how you feel and not getting whisked up in like, oh, dreamy, dreamy land, but really like feeling the feeling. The feeling should really be almost as strong as possible in your body more than the thought itself. Yeah. The feeling should be quite strong. Yes. Is yes. that right? Yes, you got it. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Okay. And then in terms of the job, so for example, for people out there, because obviously COVID times now, right? A lot of people are sitting there going, Either they've lost their job or they have had to take other jobs or they are starting to wonder now with everything changing and, you know, people passing, things like that, life in jeopardy. Like, is this the job that I really want to do for the rest of my life? Right? Yes. And 
some people are like, yes, this is my dream job. I've always wanted to do this, whatever it is. But there are quite a few people sitting in their, you know, jobs going, I don't actually want to do this for the rest of my life. And so for them, if they don't know what the exact job is, is to just visualize the thing. So it's like the qualities of the job. So if you're someone who really likes to work with people, just imagine yourself and have and really imbibing that feeling really feeling that feeling of like oh I'm I can see myself walking and talking with people got papers in my hands Mm -hmm. having conversations and you know it's working on the ground with people so I see myself working outdoors a lot let's say if there's a person who wants to be outdoors more than being in an office sure but if it's a person in the office who is very happy to do an office-based job, then they're imagining themselves like I see myself sitting at a computer, working, taking phone calls, going into meeting rooms, having conversations, smiling as I do it and feeling really great about seeing myself in this office environment. And then hearing, you know, what as I pick up the phone, I'm saying my name is Shubha Benetti, and I am the director of sales and marketing for blah, 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 as I'm saying it on the phone or something like that. So you, you have as much detail as you can. Yes. Or, you know, as much as you can, if you don't know, let's say the company or you don't know the job roles, just being like, yes, my job is all to do with working with people to get things done and whatever it is. So you take whatever details you can, even if you don't know, oh, it's exactly the role of product manager in XYZ company. If you don't know if that's existing yet, you can still take qualities. Am I getting this yes. right? So you can Spot take this, on. yeah? Yes. Yeah, okay. okay. You can do it too. <laughs> I can do it, yeah, I'm totally gonna do it. Because I think it's just important also for, for listeners, right? And yes. for viewers, when they look at this, they just go, well, how do I visualize? Because it's easy to say, put a visualization board up, right? Where I put stickers, Uh, not stickers paper and stick it up there and whatever Mm. or I sit there and I dream as much as I possibly can but then it feels like what do I dream do I just dream and dream and dream or do I like have specific steps and I think the steps are take small small qualities as much as you can yeah and then put it together as I would say storyboard it to people listening it's really like visualize it like a narrative like a story like a play in your Mm. head right Like every day, if you want an office job in a particular company, you imagine yourself walking through those doors, wearing your whatever work wear that you have to wear for that company, walking through those doors, swiping your card or whatever it is, entering, going to your desk, saying on the phone, like, yeah, now I work at this great company that I do these works and I work with these people and see yourself doing that entire day and coming back home and feeling amazing. And just repeat that movie in your head every day the same steps as much as possible the more you can start filling out those details more colors more people but follow the same narrative over and over and over like a replay button yeah and just adding more color to it and then it'll start to feel real enough and if you do this with patience and long enough time you know hopefully we're talking i don't know like at least by a year's time Mm. you should be somewhere yeah (laughs) I think most importantly would be the emotional part as well. So every step that you visualize, what are the emotions that are being generated? We have to Mm -hmm. understand that emotion and to feel that emotion every time you bring yourself through the steps of visualization. Yeah. It's always the emotions that generate the energy that allows things to happen. Yeah. Maybe an analogy would be when we watch a movie, Mm. you're always looking at images, right? Moving images. 
But That's what right. makes us remember the movie? How you feel. How you feel, yeah. Yeah. It makes yeah. us sad, makes us really happy. All these emotions are the cause of why we remember certain images of the movie. We may not remember the entire movie, but we remember snippets of it because that mm. has left a very deep emotional imprint in us. Mm. Same thing. For our own visualization, there's no point just going through the visuals, the images, the emotions that are tied to each step, each image is mm. actually even more important. But yes, yeah, absolutely. So as much as you can visualize the movie, the biggest role everything is playing actually is your heart. Your heart needs to feel these emotions. So really feeling. And if you don't know how actual emotions for you feel, people, then you got to sit there and think or practice. What does joy truly feel like? What does, you know, passion or happiness truly feel like? And if you don't know what that truly feels like, think yeah. back to either a moment in your life that made you feel joy or made you feel excitement, made you feel happy. Start with something like that. If you're someone who really works with movies and, you know, binge watching on Netflix like me, like think of a scene that has really brought up that sort of emotion in you and then try to remember that emotion in your body and then try to see if you can find something that works in your life yes, and see if you exactly. can bring that same emotional memory into the movie that's playing in your head and then magic will happen, happen. it will happen okay. and if you cannot do this you must speak to karen <laughs> that's, that's the all of this is i all combine into that also at the end of the day if you are really yes. struggling talk to people like karen who can help you on this journey and yeah. get the things and the desire of your life because everyone's got their own unique purpose and desire and mm. place in life. Mm. And so you're meant to go and fulfill that purpose. So please, mm. if you can't do it on your own, contact people like, you know, people like Karen <laughs> and get your journey started. Yes, okay? I can help. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Thank you so much, Karen. Thank I think you, finally Sabra. just one last question is what is the shift that you want to create in the world with your work? Okay. The shift, I really hope to see everyone becoming a better version of themselves. We may not be able to change the world entirely, but just by changing ourselves, just by shifting ourselves a little bit, we can actually make the world a much better place to be in. Yeah. So if everyone just shift a little bit, shift a little bit, the world will be a much better place to live in. Absolutely. I completely agree, which is why this podcast was called Shift as well. Yeah. So yes, it's absolutely that. You change one part and then the face changes completely, right? Yeah. So if you change your entire energy just by a little bit. Just by a little bit. Like a lot, lots can happen. A lot yeah. of great things can happen. Yeah. So it's take little shifts, everyone. And yeah, shifting in your energies is going to be really important, but shifting in your emotions. Okay. Yeah. And if you need help, get in touch with people like Karen. All yes. right. Yes. Amazing. <laughs> all right. Thank you so much, Karen, you, for coming Sabra. on today. Thank, thank you. Thank you everyone for tuning in. Take care. Okay. Bye. Mm -hmm.